Welcome to this sermon from Silver Lake Baptist Church. Our mission is to celebrate the greatness of God with all we are for the joy, hope, and renewal of our community. We are so glad you have chosen to listen to our message. We pray you will be blessed by your time with us today. Well, good morning. So let's pray and, and so I can get started and get through some of the stuff that I want to get through this morning. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to gather here. We thank you that, that um, you love us. You love us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for us. And not only to die for us, but we get to celebrate his birth this time of year. So, Father, we thank you for that great honor. Holy Spirit, I submit myself to you this morning and ask, ask that you just speak through me and get across what you need said in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, guys, no, Seahawks are playing. We should have like a prayer meeting for them because they need it after that last game. You guys are like Seahawks fans, yeah. So, but, but we won't. This is one of my favorite times of year, and it might not because of why you would think it would be my favorite time of year. It's because I love traffic. <laughs> right? We have lived back in the woods. I mean, like in the middle of nowhere forever. Like our, our ideal of a traffic jam is like a, car, a cow out in the middle of the road. <laughs> right? And so like Linda sends me yesterday to get some stuff. And like I live like three minutes from Smoky Point. Right? And I'm driving around and like there are like 8 million cars. And I'm like, I didn't know there was this many people on the planet, right? And then I get to Costco, and it's like everybody's trying to get into a parking spot, right? And so it is, it's like a game, right? Because like something will open up, someone will back in, and then someone will go, whoosh, whoosh, I got it, right? And I'm like, how'd you get it? That was my turn, right? And then you want to honk, you know? But then you're like, man, they might go to church, so I might... <laughs> might not want to do that and so so you're like driving around finally you find your place and you got to walk like 10 miles to get to the thing and then you get in and it's like roller roller derby with with the carts and I'm not kidding you like and then you're like getting through there and I'm like she sent me for chicken pot pie right I'm like she sent me to Costco for a chicken pot pie and I'm like that's one thing can't we just make it you know and so I'm walking through here I grab that and you can't go through Costco and just get one thing right so she calls me you need to get this too and this too so I got my arms full and I'm like dodging all these people and I'm like good lord where did all these people come from I finally get up get my stuff paid for and get out and I'm like whew come home we're eating our chicken pot pie and I'm like thank god I don't have to deal with traffic no more right so I get up this morning and I'm driving I'm like this is such an easy drive oh my goodness it's like no one knew the Seahawks were playing everybody must have been on their way to church or something and so I'm like you know what I got this and so I'll just keep my cool I get through all the traffic and I get up here on this one little road and I get behind this Prius right? Sweet Jesus. It's a 30 mile an hour zone. You're driving a Prius. If you drive a Prius, good for you. I'm glad for the environment. But I was not in Prius mode this morning, right? And so I get up there and, and this car's going like 15 in a 30 mile an hour zone. 
And so I'm like, you got to preach this morning. You better keep your cool. Keep your cool. Don't honk, because as soon as you do, if you honk, they're going to be at church, right? And then you'll be explaining, why are you honking? And, you know, that's a preacher. You were the one that was honking at me, and, right? And so I can't call them names, so all I can do is make fun of their car, you know? That's a good way, like you're stuck in traffic. You don't have to make fun of the people, but God never said you can't like cars, Right? So, so, like, making fun of her car, like, you got a Prius. I mean, that thing can go faster than 15, and I'm talking to the Prius, right, driving, and finally the Red Sea opens up in a spot, and I fly around, and I get here, and I'm thinking, whew, I'm glad I'm, I'm so cool, you know? I'm glad I, I just got everything going on, and then it hit me. You know something? I let something as trivial as traffic get to me you know How, it, like everyone's looking at me like I, not me I never do that <laughs> right you all need delivered right now from that lying spirit right right but it's sitting there and I'm thinking man you know no matter how perfect we think we are right no matter how much we think we think we got things together. We never have it completely together. There's always something that we're going to need to grow and, and to mature in. And so this morning I look at it as a lesson that I get to mature a little bit, right? And, and um, God's got a sense of humor. Probably my next car will be a Prius, but, <laughs> right? I hope not for you. Please, Lord, right? Right? But we all grow in somehow. We're all got some, something that's going to get under your, under your saddle like a little burr or something, right? You know what happens when you get a horse with a burr under a saddle? It, it, it's not good, right? And so we're the same way, and it kicks up, and then we, we get into these expectations where, where we think, you know what, I've got it. Like, I grew up with this. I grew up in the South, so, like, it's, like, one, one thing I love about the Northwest is, like, even, it's, like, the, one of the least churched Churched areas on the planet. So, like, there's so many people out there, and there is not any religious mumbo jumbo to it. And so, in a way, it makes it easier to reach people, but in another way, it makes it harder, right? But in the South where I grew up, it, it was he's a big bad God, and he's mean, and he's got a big hammer, and he'll stomp on you as soon as you mess up, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so, I was like, and then you can't, right? Because some Prius gets in front of you and you blow everything out. Like maybe not Prius town where I'm from in Oklahoma because there's nothing out there, right? But something gets in, in your way and gets in that and then it real, makes us realize, you know something? I can't keep up with this. I can't, I can't do this on my own. I, I need help. I need something that, that can come and, and lift me up and bring me out of this. And that's what's so important about this time of year. Because Jesus come for us. It says this in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 16. It says, actually I'm going to read in verse 17. The Lord your God is with you. Now that's pretty cool that Jim was just talking about that. Right? It said his name, that you'll have a child and his name will be Emmanuel. Right? 
And we're like, oh, cool. He, he's named after that little kid on Webster, like Emmanuel Lewis, right? Right? No, there's something more about that name than we could ever express because he's saying, you know something? You're never going to be alone. You're never going to be in a place where I can't be with you. And, and, and I'm not just coming out of heaven just, just to, to die for you and then keep you back under all those rules and regulations. I'm coming from heaven and I'm going to die for you and I'm going to keep them all. And now you can come into me and now in me you've kept them all and I'm going to lift you up so you can walk in me. And it gives us a freedom that we never have apart from Jesus. Like the law was sent, the law was sent not, not, to, not to, as for permanent, the law was sent to, to get us to a place where we're like, hey, I can't do it. Right? I can't make it. I can't, I can't keep all this stuff. Right? And then we come to him and say, God, you got to help us. But God's like, you know what? I'm going to have mercy on him. And I'm going to send my son, my only son. And he's going to come down and he's going to be with us. I know there's so, so many times in my life where I felt alone, and I'm like, where are you at? What are you doing? You know, I, I was expecting you to be here, and, and you're like way off, and I'm like, don't hear anything from you. And a lot of the times I think that it wasn't that God wasn't talking to me. I just think it was like I was tuned in on a different frequency. My, my mind and my thoughts were just going all over here on all these things. And I wasn't quiet enough to just say, hey, you know something? But you know what? God never gave up on me. And he always brought me out and he always made a way. And he always will because he's faithful beyond anything that, that you can imagine. Right? Amen. Amen. So I say right a lot. So if someday I say left, it's not... Just because I'm trying to balance things up. So his name is Emmanuel. The Lord your God is with you. Not only is he with us, it says he is mighty to save. He will take delight in you. He will quiet you with his, with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Oh man, I remember when I first met my wife, right? Man, she's so beautiful. I mean, she still is so beautiful, but I mean, it's something about when, when that, that first part of the relationship, and I'm just like, man, it's like literally, she was like a Disney princess. Like the birds would float around her, and the rabbits and the deer would follow her, and right? And I'd sing, I'd be like, Oh, I got the prettiest woman on the planet. Sorry, I'm singing to you guys. You got to bear that, right? <laughs> right? But I'm all excited. I'm all happy. And, but I'm singing. I'm rejoicing because, you know what? God brought this great gift into my life. Right? That's what the Bible says that God's doing. He's singing over you. He's like, yeah, there's James. Man, look how good looking he is. I intended to make him that way, Right? <laughs> Not always so smart when he does that stuff with the horses, but he is good looking. You cannot take that away from him, right? And then he's just singing and was like, oh, did James lose a hair? Oh, my goodness. You know, he loves me that much. He thinks that much of me. And he thinks that much of you. 
And he's constantly, he's like, man, you guys are the best. I love you. I created you just like you are for a purpose and for a reason. Isn't that good news? He's not a big ogre with a big hammer waiting to stomp on you. He's a good daddy where you get so far down the road where you're having to eat pig slop with the pigs. And then one day you come back to yourself and you're like, you know something? Man, I had it made at my father's house, but I know he's probably mad at me because he's up there waiting. And I blew everything and I made every mistake you can make. But maybe I could just be a servant. Maybe I could just beg to come back. And then when he gets up the road, he looks and his father's at the road waiting for him with his arms open with love saying, you know something? Come here. Come home. Come to me because I love you. I've just been waiting for you. I don't care about all that stuff. I don't care about what you're going through. What I care about is you. And not only did that, he ran to him and he put a robe around him and he said, you're my son and I love you. Man, could have saved him a lot of pig slop eating. (laughs) For a Jewish person, that's pretty bad, right? The pigs are unclean, right? They couldn't even eat them. He couldn't eat the pigs, but he could eat their slop. But can you imagine here the father is waiting and he's looking with expectation. And he's not the, he's not the father that we've been told about. He's not the father that, that, that we think he is because he's a way better daddy than any daddy we ever know. And I have a, I have a great dad. But there's no one like my daddy God. He's there. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what it looks like. Maybe you've gone so far and you think, well, maybe I'll just go through the motions. Maybe I'll just do this or do this and then I'll be okay. No one will notice. Maybe I can sneak back with God. You don't have to. I don't care how many steps you run away from God. There's just one step back. I'm not talking about... I'm not, I'm not talking about like you've left God completely either. But I'm talking about sometimes in our heart, we shut Him out. And we get into routine. And God's like, I, I want more than that. I want a relationship. And I, seen, and I sent my son my only son for you, so that we can have that relationship, right? It says, the Lord God is with you. He is mighty to save. You know what? He's mighty to save. I was just, I was just praying about this, and then um, I was listening to some teaching on, on change. And then I was praying, Where am, what am I going to talk about? Because like, I feel like it was probably a pretty big change for Jesus step out of heaven and come to earth. Right? And probably uh, um, it was a good change for us, but, but look what he went through, but look what he looked forward to. Look what his life was like, even when it came to, to dying on the cross. The Bible says that he embraced the cross. And so I just look at him and think about how he took the change, and he took it with, with excitement, but... What, what I think about that is <clears throat> a lot of times we're in bad situations or things are really hard and then all of a sudden something changes and we have a miracle. 
You guys know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like there's this dude and he's at, this tem- at the temple and he was begging. Every day he would beg. Someone had to put him up there because he couldn't walk. And Peter, and Peter and John walked by. And do you know what they said? They said, where's your guitar, man? You'd make a lot more money if you'd play that. <laughs> Don't you know the show American Idol? Help yourself up, right? No, he's like, can I have some money? And do you know what they did? They said, silver and gold, we ain't giving you, bud. But what we have, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And they took him by the hand, and instantly he steps up and he's healed and he's whole. Right? Mm -hmm. Now that's a pretty big change. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, like he'd went from, from being used to begging. He had to get, get help. And it wasn't just for like a week. It was like something that had happened for years. And then all of a sudden, in a split of the eye, God comes and sends his people and delivers him. And now he's up and he's running and he's lip, leaping and he's praising God. And he's like, oh, wait a second. What do I do now? He got a miracle, but now, guess what he also needs? What? He can't beg no more. He can't go back to what he was used to doing. His life had completely changed. So he had come from, from a place where, where he was used to that, right? And now it's just open. I'm sure he was excited, and I'm sure people helped him, and I'm sure he got out, and God made a way there, too. But so many of the times we see this change. Like we had, had a big change. We, we had um, lived in a travel trailer, a 30-foot travel trailer in a horse pasture trying to get some cowboy churches started or getting some cowboy churches started. And then one day God just opened up the door for us to have this house. And it just happened like that. And it's like there's no way we could get this house on our own. It was like God just lined it up and he said, okay, you've done enough here. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to put you here. And so we're looking and we're like, whoa, wow, this is so cool, right? We can't yell at each other. I mean, not yell at each other like we're yelling at each other, but we can't yell and hear each other from across the house anymore, right? We're in the, in the travel trailer. It was, it was like we were close. And I love being close to my wife, but sometimes I don't. <laughs> know what I mean? And, and so... So we come from this place where, where, where it was small and where we thought, you know what, we're just going to, we're content where we're at. We're just going to stay right where we're at till God opens the door. But you know what God did? And when he did, he blew our minds and it was a change that I never expected. But now I'm sitting in here and I'm thinking, it's a change, but God doesn't just work in change, Right? You have change? <laughs> right? He's got more than change because change, we look for change so much because it changes our external. You guys hear what I'm talking about? It changes our external circumstances and places as here. But if our heart isn't changed yet too, sometimes we can fall back into that very place. And so, so much of the time we pray for something to happen to us on the outside. And then when it does, we're, we're like, well, what do we do now? Where am I at now? Because our 
heart, our inside hasn't caught up with where God's put us to. And it's God's grace and God's mercy that brought us to that place. Isn't that good news? Not really. Not if you're falling back. Yeah, no, it is good news. That he brings the change. But in that change, we expect everything to be like... And and I love positive, and I love the gospel, and I love this. But, you know, sometimes you just have to trudge through some things. Sometimes life isn't fair. Sometimes life's hard, right? Look, Look at all the patriarchs in the Bible. Man, they didn't just have like this straight road that everything was greased, and they just went, woo, look at us. They'd get blessed, and then they'd have a battle, right? Then they'd get blessed again. And then something else would happen. Abraham gave his wife away twice. Right? And then they talk about how righteous Abraham was. I'm sure ask Sarah back at the time when he's like, hey, here, take my wife. Right? Like, I'll give you away, bud. I can't imagine trying to do that to my wife. She'd be like, hit me over the head. It's like, man, I can't find no one as good looking as you. How are you doing giving me away? Right? But we get into the middle of this and, it, and it's our heart and um, it affects our heart because cause we, we don't want to necessarily just pray for change, but what we want to pray for is transition. Does that make sense? The difference between change and transition is this. Like, like you ever, ever pray for, um, I don't know, pray to be for a new house like I did. God gives it to you, and then you're like, oh, i got to pay for this thing now. <laughs> right? How am I going to do this? You know? and, but if God gave it to you, he'll take care of all the rest of it, too. So that's where your heart grows into it, and you're like growing into stuff. And so, so when God saves you, then you've got to give yourself some time to transition, too. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what that means is like we, not everything's like microwave nowadays or or McDonald's, or fast food, and a drive-up window. Sometimes it takes time for us to grow. And I think it's real important for us to know that as we step in and we grow into these things, that it's okay. You might fall down. Right? You start in a cult, you might get bucked off. But you know what you do? You don't get back on if you're smart. You find someone else to do it. Okay? Let's just go, go right there on that. No, no cowboy ever said that, right? You know what we do? We get back on. I don't walk into a, a round pen. I talk about horses a lot because that's kind of in my world. But I walk into a round pen to train a colt. I don't look at that colt and say, hey, come here. I'm going to throw a saddle on you and we're going to ride right out of here and everything's going to be perfect. You know what they do? They're like, I'm out of here. They got done went to the hot dog stand. You know what I'm talking about? They're like, no, 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 no. So what do we do? It's a change for them. But in the midst of that change, we're transitioning. And, and what we're doing is, is we're just doing one step at a time, one foot at a time. And pretty soon, you know what? We have a horse's heart, and they're trusting, and they're going where we want to go. And that's what God wants. He doesn't want, he, he doesn't want stuff. He doesn't need stuff. He's got the cattle on a thousand hills, man. And he owns the hills. He doesn't care about the silver and the gold because that's all his. In fact, gold's just pavement. It's street up in heaven. So all these things that, that sometimes we care about, God doesn't care about. 
near as much about, as we do. He's not opposed to us having that stuff, but he's opposed to that stuff having us. You know what I'm talking about? What he wants is your heart, and he wants you to trust him, and he wants you to love him. Amen? Mm-hmm. And I haven't even got warmed up yet. <laughs> so I got like three different messages flinging in my head because I got so much I want to share in this season. But it was a, it was a big thing because I was just thinking about that in my life. And, um, and as, as you guys go through this season, trust God. Trust his timing. Trust what he's doing with you because he's going to blow you away if you do. Amen. And then when he does, don't panic. Right? <laughs> right? So I'm, let's go to Malachi now. I'm going to start in the New Testament. <laughs> I am joking. It kind of is the beginning of the New Testament. And some things you'll hear me, like when I preach, I'll preach more than once. And, and, um, and I, don't, I couldn't figure out why the Holy Spirit would do that. And the reason that he done that is because I think faith comes by hearing. And hearing builds us up and makes us strong. And that's where we get that inside built up so that when we do walk in this, in this world, right? Walk in not just change, but in transition, Right? Change brings miracles, but blessings are in transition. You guys hear what I'm talking about? So, and it can be in every area of your life. Man, I don't know why I'm stuck on that this morning. That's not where I was going. But trust God. Trust God in that. Okay. Malachi chapter 4, and I'm going to... I'm going to read the whole thing down here. And it says this, Surely the day is coming, it will burn like a furnace, and all the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a, a root or a branch will be left to them, but for you who re- revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And you will go out, and you will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. Then you will trample down the wicked, and they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I do these things, says the Lord Almighty. Now, I want to keep going because it's not where I was going to end. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and the laws I give him at Horeb, for Israel, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Now, I think that's pretty significant because we come to the end of Malachi and there's a period where he's like, like, hey, look at this. For those who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness is going to come. And he's going to come with healing in his wings. And there's a lot of prophetic stuff in there. Like, do you remember the, the woman who touched the hem of, of Jesus' garment? Do you know what? She'd probably read that because she, she had had that issue of blood for years and years and years. And do you know on the tallit, the Jewish people were a tallit. 
And on the end of them, it's called the wings. And so when she come up and she touched that, she just touched the wings. She touched the hem of his garment. And there's a whole lot more significance in that too. But there's even in the, like when we read the Old Testament, it's talking about Jesus. And it's talking about who he is and what he's done. And, <coughs> and, and just given a picture, a snapshot of what's getting ready to happen. So as we're reading this, he's coming with healing in his wings. And then he says, and you'll go out and you'll leap. And you will shout. Mm-hmm. What happened to the man I was just talking about that was at the gate beautiful? He got healed and then he's going out and he's leaping and he's shouting and he's praising God. It's all talking about Jesus. This whole book is all about Jesus, right? From Genesis to Revelation, right? And so it's important when we see that thing that we can have a rejoicing and we can have an excitement over what God's doing in our life. Man, that clock's running fast today. <laughs> right? But he says this. This is the last words of the Old Testament. He will, turn, um, he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. And then you know what happens? Nothing. Nothing. For 400 years, nothing happens. Not another word of scripture, not another word of anything, complete silence. Ever go through those stages in your life, man? Man, they're tough. I was just talking about about that change. It reminded me of the children of Israel when they were in slavery 435 years. And they were crying out to God, God save us, God save us. And then when he saved them, they brought him out. And they're like, can we just go back? At least they have McDonald's there. (laughs) Right? But here, 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 here God's like silent, but he didn't leave them there. He delivered them and he didn't leave us there. Thank God he delivered us too. So now we open up and we start into the New Testament. That's why I was joking, but I kind of wasn't joking because that's the start of the New Testament. God, what God's saying is like, hey, we're going to pause for a break because like I need to take a quick nap. Right. But when I wake up, guess what? My heart's going to be towards you. And he said, I'm going to start by turning my heart back towards you and giving you my son, my only son. And so we get to Luke chapter one, verse eight. And it says this once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as, as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, not by lot, Abraham's nephew, but by, like, the, never mind, Ben Campbell. According to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. I would be too. Anybody else? Right? But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John, or Yochanan. You know what that means? It means God's grace. That's what the name John means, Yochanan. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice 
for his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will never take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So it's pretty cool because here it's kind of the same thing that we're talking about. Zechariah and his wife, he was old, man. They'd done given up that this dream, this, this, this legacy that they wanted to leave would, would ever come to pass. And here he is. He's just going about his own business, right? Going about what he's made to do, worshiping God. And he's a priest and he's burning the, the incense. And the God shows up. He says, hey, bud, I didn't forget you. Like, I mean, 400 years is a long time. But I want to tell you something. Two minutes is too long for me to not hear from my daddy. You know what I'm talking about? I said, my son, I love my son. My son calls me four or five times a week. And we talk. And I mean, we just talk when we got the time. Most of us, we can pretty much make the time for him because he's worth it. Right? But I hate it when I can't talk to him. I hate it when I can't hear, hear from him. Right? 400 years, no one hears anything. But here's Zacharias. What is it, maybe 80, 90, I don't say. Was he even that old? That was, I mean, in all of his dreams, he's like, man, it's just too far gone. There's no hope. And God shows up and he says, hey, guess what? You know that dream you thought was dead? You know that thing that you had in your heart mm-hmm. that was dead? Guess what? It's not. I'm going to bring it to pass. And you know what he's like? He, he had the same response like Sarah when, when God was talking about Sarah, do you know what she did? She laughed. And that's where a kid was named Laughter. Right? So your parents laugh and you get the bad name. <laughs> right? You think about all these people in the Bible. He knew the scriptures. He knew about Sarah and he knew about Hannah. And he knew about the impossible situations. And now an angel's standing in front of him and he's like, What? Are you joking me? Where have you been? Like, I, I can't even keep up with them at Walmart. <laughs> right? I got my granddaughter. She, she lives in Oklahoma, but um, she'd come up here when she was like two or three and take off at QFC. And I was like, how did she get that fast? And I realized I'm just that slow now. Right? But it's just like Olympic speed. So I can't imagine. Like, I thought I was old for that. Can you imagine Zechariah? Now you want to do this in our heart? Now you want to do this in our life? You know how long I prayed? Right? But God was interested in doing something far bigger than Zacharias and his dream. And that dream and that thing that God's wanting to put in your heart is not just for you. It's far bigger than you. It's far bigger than what you ever dreamed. If you'll just say, you know something, God? I'll take the change, but I want the transition with it. And I want to grow in you. And I want to live in you. And I want to work in you. And I want to know you. The Bible says the blessings of the Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow with it. 
right? So I want to walk in his blessings and in his way, Amen. right? And not, not get upset at when things don't go my way because maybe he's got a different plan. You know what I'm talking about? Or maybe he's just waiting. It's like, you ever have a surprise party? Like everybody comes in and they hide, and you're like, everyone forgot my birthday. How could that happen? And you walk in, and everyone's like, surprise! And you're like, oh! And then you're like, you're really not surprised, because you, you knew it could happen. <laughs> right? That's what God did. So, for time... Zechariah is like, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife as well, long in years. And the angel said, I'm Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news and now you will be silent and not able to speak. So we just come from God being silent. And I think it's kind of ironic now that here Zacharias is the one who's silent. You know, God's just like, you know what? You just need to shut up and let me do this. <laughs> you know? Sometimes we get in that. Mm-hmm. We're like, but God, but God what, about, what, about, what about this? And then God's like, you know something? I got something great for you. Just sit back and watch. Right? Mm-hmm. Sit back and watch because I'm going to do it. You're not going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it in a way that you never dreamed. He, he doesn't do things like we think he's going to do them. He never does stuff the way I tell him. <laughs> Am I the only one that's like that? No. So how can this be? And so God talks to him, and he, and, but he talks to him about that same scripture in Malachi. Do you think that's a coincidence? No, because here John the Baptist is born, and what is he doing? He's preparing the way for the Lord. And he's not pointing to himself. He's pointing to Jesus. He's pointing to the Lamb of God. And that's what we do. Is we point to Jesus. And we point to the Father. And he was literally saying, Hey, you want to turn your heart back to the Father? Here's the door. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. Come to me. Right? We read on in that scripture. And then Mary has an experience with an angel too and her response is way better than Zacharias. Zacharias a priest like he's supposed to be the preacher of preachers of preachers and God tells him something he says you talking to me? (laughs) Right? What are you talking about? And Mary she's like whoa that's so cool how are you going to do that? (laughs) And he tells her and she goes so be it according to your word. And you know what happened with Mary? She birthed Jesus. She birthed the Son of God. Maybe we can just trust God. Say, you know something? I know your heart's towards me. So I'm going to allow you, I'm going to allow my heart to turn towards you. And I'm going to be the Son of God that you called me to be. Not because I'm good, but because you are. Amen? So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for being with us. And we give you the praise. Lord, bless everyone. Father, help us so that we don't just look for for miracles, but, Father, that we, we seek you and walk in your blessing, and we walk with you, and we grow with you, and not just stay where, where we are in our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. 
If you'd like to learn more about us, check out our website at www.silverlakebaptist.org.